have you ever had a conversation with somebody or an encounter with somebody that has changed your life? Yeah, talk to me. What, what, are, what are, yeah. Uh, me and Sean Jordan were sitting on that stool, and one conversation with the guy just made me think I might want to do a little bit of investigation. The random spiral of my Whoa. <laughs> All right. God uses little things. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah, what's, a, what's an encounter with somebody or an experience that you've had with maybe an, even a conversation with somebody that has kind of made a dent in your life? Yes, Kim. My second grade teacher, Miss Bell, told me that I wasn't stupid. And after that, I was smart. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Maybe maybe one more. Somebody who hasn't. Yeah, awesome.
Well, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, uh, uh, when I was doing ministry uh, in Manhattan, Kansas, at Kansas State University, um, I, I had a uh, little card that let me get at Taco Bell uh, two burritos and two tacos for $1.99. Uh, and so, you know, how, you know how often I was there? It's like every day. Uh, and then one day the, uh, the drive-thru guy said, you come here too much. I said, you're right. And I stopped going to Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for it. Nice. <laughs> yes. No, man, we all have, we all are filled with these stories, right, of, of encounters that we've had with people or conversations that we've had with people or just even chance uh, kinds of things. I, I took a trip uh, to uh, uh, Nashville, Tennessee when I was a senior in high school. And, um, and this was uh, at a point where I was trying to decide what, I was, I was graduating in like three months. I didn't really know what things would be and look like. I had kind of a plan uh, from that. Uh, but I took this trip um, with a friend you know, to, to Nashville, Tennessee, to this conference that was there. And I sat in a class uh, with a guy who was a campus minister. And I knew that that's, that's what, I, at that time, I had, I had come to this point of, of thinking that's, really the direction I want to push. That was never my direction before. Um, but God had just put this thing, this passion for campus ministry. And, and, and I sat in on this class with this guy who was a campus minister. And he he uh, just spoke passionately about campus ministry and it, and it just touched the right to, to, to where I was and where my heart was. And, and he said, and we need somebody at our, uh, we need somebody to come who's fresh out of college to our campus ministry and work with our students. And, and fast decisions, but suddenly there it was, this, this guy in front of me who ended up changing my life in so many different ways, um, and it was it was right then that everything took a different course. That led to one thing, that led to one thing, that led to one thing, to this van right now in here in Nashville for you guys. Um, and so these, these little things that happen to us all the time uh, in big and little ways, and there's, there's a mantra uh, that we said over and over last semester, and I, I believe it, and I believe it's true, and it's that you can't have an encounter, a real encounter with Jesus, and not be changed by it. And I hope everybody is in, uh, that's in this room right now is, is in this room largely because you've had some kind of encounter with Jesus on some some big significant light from heaven kind of experience or something little bitty or a number of little bitty things that have, have impacted you in some way that have led you to make the decision to be here together uh, tonight um, in worship and and, um, and in spiritual family together. So I believe that you can't have an encounter with Jesus and not be changed by it. And so that's actually, we're going to go into that this whole semester uh, with this idea of never the same encounters with Jesus. We're going to spend a whole semester just looking at stories uh, in the Bible and each other's stories of how people have encountered Jesus in some kind of way and have been changed by it, have come away never the same because of this encounter. And what we're going to talk about tonight is one of my favorite 
stories uh, when it comes to this. Somebody simply just sitting down with Jesus and, and as far as we can tell, being eternally impacted. And so this, this is a story that comes from John 3. And we're actually, instead of reading uh, this story out of John 3, we're going to watch this story out of John 3. But listen to all the words, because all the words uh, that are in this are, ex- are exactly as they are uh, in the text. So let's go for it. There was a Jewish leader named Nicodemus who belonged to the party of the Pharisees. One night, he went to Jesus. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher sent by God. No one could perform the miracles you are doing unless God were with him. I am telling you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. How can a grown man be born again? He certainly cannot enter his mother's womb and be born a second time. I am telling you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. A person is born physically of human parents, but is born spiritually of the spirit. Do not be surprised because I tell you that you must all be born again. The wind blows wherever it wishes. You hear the sound it makes, but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. It is like that with everyone who is born of the Spirit. How can this be? You are a great teacher in Israel, and you don't know this. I am telling you the truth. We speak of what we know and report what we have seen. Yet none of you is willing to accept our message. You do not believe me when I tell you about the things of this world. How will you ever believe me then when I tell you about the things of heaven? And no one has ever gone up to heaven except the Son of Man, who came down from heaven. As Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the desert, in the same way the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Late one night, this man named Nicodemus came to visit Jesus. And from what you heard there or what you know before about Nicodemus, who, who is he? Who's this guy? Okay, he's a Pharisee. Okay, we can say that easily about him. So what, what, is that, uh, and what does that imply about Nicodemus? What does just that word imply about him? Uh, it's, it says he's not only a Pharisee, but he's also a member of the Jewish ruling council. So the Pharisees are, the, these are the schooled guys, okay? We, get, we, get, we, we, we knock on the Pharisees a lot, but we need to give them credit where credit is due. And that is the Pharisees, the Pharisees knew their stuff. Uh, the Pharisees knew 
the law. The Pharisees were experts in the ways of righteousness, right? And the and then the, the Sanhedrin or the, or the Jewish ruling council were the ones that really had the power um, in this place, right? So what else can we uh, infer or, or that we just learn outright about uh, Nicodemus from the opening of this story? Why? Yeah? Okay, he's coming. He's coming at night to to talk to Jesus. He's not being sassy. Pharisees Pharisees are very sassy, right? What? He's willing to listen, right? What's the What's the setting of this story? Let's back up just a little bit. What's the time time of day? <laughs> of this story at night. What does that infer about this? Yeah, yeah. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a member of the Jewish ruling council, an incredibly smart guy, an incredibly powerful guy, uh, a guy who wields a tremendous amount of influence, a man who is in league with all of these, uh, these Pharisees that Jesus has been having these showdowns with in his ministry, here he is at night saying things like, Rabbi, listen to these words, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher. We, who's we? The, the fair, he's, he's not just speaking for himself, he's speaking for all these guys he's in league with. Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. Okay, you just saw the story, but put yourself in Jesus' shoes. How do you react to this? How do you, as Jesus, react to this? What would you say? What would you do? It's interaction night. Okay, okay. Kind of a little uh, put them on the spot. Why do you do this? Right? Right? Why? Do what? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, there's Bree as Jesus. Duh! Right? Common sense. I guess that's why we're not Jesus, huh? All right. How would, you, how would you react? If you were a good-natured Jesus, how would you react? <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you how, how I, would, I would react if, if somebody came to me like this and, and just admitted these things. Like, wow, thank you. Thank you for seeing the truth. Thank you for being... You know, thank you for being here, and and despite despite the pressure of your people, you're admitting this to me. But what was Jesus? What did Jesus do? I think we have a, a we have a little bit of the rude Jesus here, and I, I'll say that I, I think there are a number of stories 
in the Bible that I, and this is one of them, where I think we have a little bit of, I think what we can, we can say is uh, a bit of a rude Jesus in the moment. What does he say? Jesus, you know, Nicodemus just went out of his way to come in the night and admit these things to Jesus. And Jesus, this is his reply to this. I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. What? That's his response. This <laughs> What do you make of that, right? Listen to this response again. I, no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. Well, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So what does Nicodemus do with that? <laughs> well, how can a man be born when he is old? Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Like totally, this is, a, this is like the smartest of the smartest guy, and he's blurting out the dumbest thing here. <laughs> what? Surely I can't, I can't be born a second. That's impossible, Jesus. It's late. <laughs> You're not making any sense, and I'm not either. This is, this is this encounter, right? This is what Jesus is doing. Why? Does Jesus say this? A man has gone out of his way and risked, risked being seen by the people who, who have all the power to admit something that he believes to Jesus, that is true about Jesus. And Jesus just reacts with, well, if you really want to see the kingdom of God, then you'll be born again. Let's hear what Jesus is saying. Have you ever been pushed by somebody that, have you ever been like spanked by somebody that you thought should have been nice to you? Have you ever been just prodded a little bit more when you, you were looking for some kind of grace? When you wanted to admit something to somebody and they didn't just absorb it and say, that's okay, they said, no. You can do better. Here's what Jesus is doing. Nicodemus is sitting here, and he's gone the distance, and Jesus says, you can do better than that. We know you are God because we've, this is what we've seen. And Jesus says, you want to see? Let me tell you how to see. Be born again. I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I still don't get it, Jesus. You're Israel's teacher. You should know this. Not, 
Well, it's okay. This is hard to understand. You're a Pharisee. You should know this. You are the teacher of God's people. You should know this. This is the rude Jesus. I'm sorry to say. But this is the truthful Jesus. This is the Jesus who's sitting with somebody who he knows can see more and can experience more and can know more and can live more. But what has to happen? What has to happen? He has to be born again. He has to be born again. Now, what does born again imply? Okay? What kind of process does being born again imply? Starting over. That's exactly right. You're born again. If you are born again, what does that automatically make you? Huh? New? What? What'd you say? Like a baby, right? So here he is, Nicodemus. You are the you at, you are at the pinnacle of where you could be in life in this place in this time. And what I'm saying is, you have seen a glimpse of truth. Now I want you to see everything. I want you not to not just see the fact that I must be from God. I want you. which means becoming like a baby. No one's gone to heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert. And if we had the time, we'd go back and read this story. About, about Moses lead, right, raising up his staff in the desert that looked like a snake, and all the people could see it, and that's what they were to follow. He said, just as that was to happen, everyone who believes uh, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up in that same way so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. This is being born again. You want to know, you want to see, be born again, and you will know eternal life. And this is why we stopped the video right before he explained the very essence of what he was doing. We're in John 3, remember? What's, what do we all know from John 3? We stopped at verse 15. Jesus is talking, to, we, this verse that we all hear all the time, 
comes in the context of this conversation, of this encounter with this Pharisee, Nicodemus, in the middle of the night. And Jesus tells him this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. A little bit of the rude Jesus. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. How do we see? How do we see? There you go. We see by light. The light has come into the world. The light has come into the world. But men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. This, all of that is Jesus' response to a very simple act of Nicodemus coming in the night and sitting with Jesus and saying, there's something about you. And Jesus says, let me tell you what there is about me. But to see that, you must be born again. So I want to ask you, um, how many of us how many of us live like Nicodemus? I mean, I, I have to confess like this. When I, when I read the Bible, when I read the Gospels and I read the narrative and the powerful story of Jesus, I find myself in the shoes of the Pharisees so often. And I definitely find myself in the shoes of Nicodemus in this story. Because what he sees something. He sees something right. He sees something powerful. He sees something that is there that he knows is true. But what's in him? What's in him? Fear. What's in him? Pressure from the people around him. What's in him? A, 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 uh, I, I, want to, I want to encounter Jesus. I want to see Jesus. I want to talk to Jesus. But I'm only going to be able to do that under the cover of darkness. I'm only going to be able to do that by, by going in when nobody else can really see what I'm doing. Right? How many of us live in subtle ways like that? Right? That's rhetorical. You don't have to answer. But I appreciate those of you who are honest. That's me. Right? I find myself, I'm a, I'm a minister. And I find myself living like that. Easy to be a Pharisee, right? <laughs> Easy to be a Pharisee. I want to challenge all of us to go beyond the fear of Nicodemus. I want us to go beyond the living in the shadows um, with our faith, looking at Jesus from a little bit afar where I'll only get close to him when it's safe for me to do that.
because what's Jesus going to do anyway? He's going to say, you can do better. You can see more. You can live more, but you have to die to who you are right now and become something completely new. I'm glad that you can see the wonder of God. I want you to be in the wonder of God. That's our encounter with Jesus through Nicodemus. That's a Jesus pushing you because, why? Verse 16, why? He so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Everything that he's doing, everything that he's pushing you with, everything that he's challenging you by is because he loves you. And he did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Jesus. This is the act of God on us. So I want to challenge you. I know, you know, we, we, talk about, um, we talk about being born again. There's this kind of uh, evangelical Christian language of being born again. It comes from this scripture right here. Uh, and that's, that's this, uh, this notion of salvation, and that's absolutely true. But I want to tell you that Jesus, through the power of God, wants you to be born again today. And he wants you to be born again tomorrow. And he wants you to be born again the next day. Because it's a constant renewal of who we are. Let's live like that. And that's why we have each other, to help us uh, to live like that. Now, what were the results for Nicodemus? What do we know? What happened with Nicodemus? Yeah, we don't know any, th- we, we read this story, it ends with Jesus' response. Like, we don't get any more from, from Nicodemus in this story. And he kind of drops off the radar completely. It's like he's just a blip in this third chapter, except not. We actually see him again. If you move forward to about uh, chapter 8, we see him just, just a, in, a, in a little cameo when, when the, uh, the, the, the Jewish rulers are, are deciding, they're, they're having this argument over how to approach Jesus and deal with Jesus. And Nicodemus is kind of over here on the side like, let's hear him out. Maybe, we, you know, we should give him a chance to defend himself. Like, and we're standing there, and we know, we know, Nicodemus, we know what's in your heart. We know. And then we see him again in the shadows. What, when, when, Ben? Yeah, Jesus, after Jesus died, we see him again at the very end of the, of the book of John uh, when Joseph of Arimathea is, is preparing Jesus' body to be, put in the, the, uh, uh, to be put in the tomb. It says he was assisted by Nicodemus who had visited him in the night. So we see something. We see something lasting in Nicodemus. But I, I think Jesus wants us to be even more. Can we do that? Can we live like that together? Can we challenge each other in that way? I need you to challenge me in that way because I need this message from Jesus every 
single day. Uh, so as we, uh, we go from here, uh, we're going to keep talking about uh, these encounters with Jesus, how people are changed. Uh, we're going to hear some, some more from, from some of those in this room and, and, and others who have lived uh, into a transformative life with Jesus and how they're being changed. This is going to be an amazing semester together, um, as I hope we can all look into the face of Jesus and say, we will never be the same because of you. Let's pray about that. Father, we um, were so touched by the story of, of a man who, who really had, had faith and believed, um, who came to Jesus in the night, and, but was, was pushed even farther than that, who, who went uh, uh, seeking uh, uh, validation from Jesus, but was pushed into learning about being born again about seeking his own salvation so his eyes are open to the kingdom that God is building in this place. We are part of that kingdom, Father. We know that. We are, we are the kingdom here um, in this place right now, and, and we know that that's because you have loved the world so much that you gave Jesus to us, your only son, so that we may never perish but have eternal life. Father, help us to be born, in, born again into that idea, into that reality every day and every hour. And we pray this right now in the name of Christ. Amen.